Hello and welcome to the D&D 420 podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping you become a better dungeon master. I'm your host, Eric M. Hunter, and I am a struggling game master trying to figure out how to tell a better story. Joining me shortly is Jimmy St. James. He is the creator of D&D 420 and an avid D&D fan with over 30 years of experience. We dive right back into Reddit again. Oh, that's right, Reddit. We're back in it. We got questions about being a monk. Uh, we have questions about being a first-time DM, and we also have very interesting questions about how to find those of you out there that are D&D players, but they don't know they enjoy D&D. We're going to do that. That's, we're going to jump right into it. I know I just said that like I was preparing, but now we're recording and we're jumping right into jump it. Jump right in. We're just going to jump right in. Uh, this one comes from Al My Elbow. Hmm. That's such a... It's it's the good it's the good names when they come across like you got to appreciate the good screen names. I do you know like I mean? that. Yeah, yeah. Ow. that's pretty good. Ow, my elbow. Mine, Very clever. Mine's ow, my finger. Yeah. Right. Ow, my toe. Ow, my side. Uh, I'm a level twelve monk using the way of the elements tradition. Mm. Level twelve is huge. It's kind of a joke in my campaign that I nearly die or completely die every combat encounter. Failed <laughs> three death saves twice. He's probably playing on roll twenty. Um, <laughs> Sounds like it, because that's hard to do. And he and he's me. Um, I'm aware of some of the monks' OP moves, stunning strike, but I usually like to use my chi points. Key points, chi points. How do you say that? Key, I think. Or you can say chi. Okay. I'm not gonna hate G. on you for it. Uh, before I start using my weapons, compared to my squad, I have the lowest HP, and it seems my DM always crits when he attacks me. LOL. I am curious to hear some people who play monks and how they play to see if I'm doing things completely wrong. All of my squad mates do awesome shit, and I'm resigned to nearly dying and shooting fireballs. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad job. Uh, I, mean, I, like, I, like, I don't know about the nearly dying part, but I, fireballs are always fun. Not at 12th level. Um, uh, well, no. That's, that's impressive, okay. though. 12th level. Like I feel like that's if they you know you should really third, yeah you should really know your high. character by now um to me okay womp, womp. How, okay so the question is how are y'all playing your monks because i feel like i'm playing fucked up um sure. and i did hear one thing in there because um i'm gonna be honest i don't know a whole lot about these questions today uh so i'm mm. gonna I'm, I'm not completely winging it but i do have uh my book open and i am looking at monk just but i know the way of the four elements because i worked on uh, quite a bit of stuff for one of my campaigns using this for a lot of npcs but they weren't 12th level but i'm still very familiar with all the stuff they get so yeah. he said something that struck me I, I like to use my key points before i use my weapon you can use your weapon on your key point oh and i am aware of the stunning strike okay well that's one of your best things like Stunning Strike is really nice. Um, okay, there's a lot of cool things that you can do as a 12th level with the four elements. So I feel like every situation is different. So I think that's what's happening is this person, it sounds like they're using fireballs because that's going to be four key points. And he only has about 12, something like that. Yeah. And so... <sighs> So I feel like so yeah you kind of feel, I I feel like he's he is kind of playing the class wrong. It I, it sounds like he's playing it one sided. If you wanted to throw yeah. fireballs, 
the did fun- you need to be a sorcerer? Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you were thinking not a, the not same. A monk. Like that is under the right situation. That is there to be a situational um, right. advantage. You don't need to throw a fireball unless there's I don't know. Especially as a monk, I don't five or six guys you're hitting, five or six enemies that you're hitting with it. Then fireball is really good. It's really bad if you're using it to hit one or two. And then you should just be using I don't know thunder wave because you have that you have access to that also. And that is, if you're going to hit two people, use less key points. I know it doesn't do as much damage. However, the problem is that you're using all your key points on something that's a little underpowered. That would be like saying I'm I know that I'm. 12th level, but I'm going to use a spell that a 5th level character has access to, and I'm going to use it sure. about the same number of times as a 7th level character might have access to, which is... Well, and the other thing is, too, I mean, he says he... And then he goes to his weapons, so maybe he doesn't like the weapons he has, maybe... Um, it's not a weapons are strong enough. It doesn't matter because a monk gets a D8 for no matter what weapon they use at 12th level. I believe it's a D8. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, D8 at 12th level your fists are your weapons or a club or a morning or i don't think a morning star nunchaku okay um whatever all of those things are going to do a d8 rather than a d6 because they have access to a bunch of simple weapons and short swords um that all do a d6 damage now they do a d8 so it's it's not the weapon and that and that doesn't even matter because you need to augment that weapon and the beauty of the monk is all those extra attacks. You're leaving two unarmed strikes on the table for every key point you don't have. Because to me, flurry of blows. Yes. You, that's one key point to make two unarmed unarmed strikes as a bonus action. Two. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be two D8 plus I don't know three each. A D8 plus three. D8 plus three. Um, plus three is just as good as a D6. So already, like, let's start thinking about how much damage you can do. A D8 plus three, a D8 plus three, a D8 plus three. That's three D8 plus nine. Already, if there's only a couple of guys, I've used one key point to get that. And not to mention, he keeps saying he's saying that he's dying. It does sound like he's playing on roll twenty, because failing your death saves twice. all of them you know three or whatever that that's it's less likely to happen than passing not saying it didn't happen because clearly you know i've played on roll 20 crazy shit can happen yeah but like you have patient defense as a monk as well you can spend one key point to take the dodge action as a bonus action if you start killer too you start getting messed up uh, why aren't you you saving a couple of key points for Patient defense, very roguish, is the next one. Step of the wind. These are, you get these at first level or second level or something, like way early on. Step of the wind, you can disengage or dash as a bonus action. And then while you're using it, your jump is doubled for that turn. So you use that to get away from combat so that you can then go back. Now that I've been fucked up, now I can throw fireballs or um, the fire whip or whatever it's called. Um, 
I'm sorry, I'm not on that page. <laughs> there's there's right. like a fire whip yeah. one, uh, Fangs of the Fire Snake, because that's got reach on it. Um, so, so I mean, yes, it does sound like you're doing it wrong. You're doing it backwards. Yeah. Get in there. You are an off tank. What that means is you can sort a tank, and if you've got the lowest hit points of your group, it sounds like a whole bunch of martial characters and you. And you're trying to act like they act, or act like a sorcerer first, and then act like they act. But you're not a good sorcerer, and you're not a good tank. You're a good monk. You get in, you pop, 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 and then get out. That's the way I play a monk, and that's the way a monk is highly effective. You get in, do good amount of damage, get back, then start your crowd control. You know, whatever's left, because you've probably mess some people up taking a little bit of damage don't hang out in there don't waste right. your key points don't get surrounded yeah. yeah don't waste your key points before you ever go in of course you're gonna die you don't have any of those amazing abilities left over that really defend yourself so that would be that would be my thought on it um don't act like a sorcerer don't act like a fighter play it as a monk act like a monk yeah play it as a monk Come on, man. Come on. Ow, my elbow. This next one comes from Dichronic Rig. <laughs> that one's got a very, like, a metal futuristic sound to it. Uh, not so experienced DM talking, but trying my best. So right now I'm in the middle of a campaign with three players, and last session one was missing for some reason, but they decided to play anyway and ended up in a dungeon. The problem is, is they didn't actually clear it in that session, so now I have to introduce the PC of the missing player that is now ready for the next session, right in the middle of the dungeon, and I really don't have any idea on how to do this. Hmm. So far, the only idea was like, he catches up to them, but he doesn't really make sense because the dungeon is in a ruined castle inhabited by kobolds, jeez, that the player befriended and goblins. What are we doing here? <laughs> the party got pretty deep in, so this player should have to avoid or something or somehow kill tens of enemies alone, and it's border, borderline absurd. Well, absurd. If it's absurd that they won the fight, but they have to catch up, then they lost the fight. Um, mm. Now, who's to say that they didn't get captured? Who's to say that that character? I had this happen. Snuck very, away. I had this happen very yeah. recently. Okay, so the same exact thing happened, but it wasn't a dungeon. It was just um, the character was away. The player was away, so the character was away. And it was lucky because they were the, the scout of the party, so it was easy. Um, but this is, you know, my fix for that situation could work here. The character tries to catch up, um, and th they should have... Okay, first of all, let me go back for just a second don't have the character not hang with the group if <laughs> you could have prevented that's the, the, yeah exactly that's the easiest fix if like you, you should know how the player is going to play the character you should be able to mimic it at least a little bit or have them get knocked out in the first round or something yeah. or it doesn't matter you know sus we're already suspending so much disbelief in that your turn takes six seconds and everybody gets an action with that amount of time and there are dragons and there is magic where we've suspended disbelief so much to play D&D but why can't we do it to say it's okay that they get knocked out I know it's not by the rules but sure. they got knocked out and the enemies are ignoring them now 
okay, you should have kept that character. Going into a, a dungeon, going into a castle, going into... Um, Anything where you think there's going to be combat. Or- yeah, take that character with you. It's You're going to... You're going to not have to ask yourself these questions. However, in this case, you do. I had it happen because they were split up when that character didn't show up. They were already split up. Um, Which, let me tell, if you're a player listening, your DM hates it when you split up. But anyway, um, so the character now has to catch up is what I'm hearing. So the character is like, oh, you guys went into a dungeon without me. Okay, I'll come in too that's your idea and that's what can happen sure um so they come in and they lose the fight to i believe they said tens of kobolds or something tens um so they lose the fight and get captured now it's up to the players in your very next combat to save that person why not yeah like oh we, that's a quick aside. Like that's not a big, life-changing event. Like that's just a quick thing that you would do in a party. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's say they like you're gonna sidetrack the entire story for yeah, it, however many it, sessions. It takes like, moments. It's an easy thing. It's in and out. Yeah, yeah. It takes moments. They're they're fucking with the character. They're teasing the character, toying with it, have it tied, have the character tied up. Maybe they're poking and prodding the character or whatever. And now you have something that the the group needs to do quickly we need to save this character's life um that's yeah when when the kobolds see that more attackers come in maybe they they all come running out you just have to suspend a little disbelief to make this work and uh, or you could even say something like the character realizes that they've gone into this castle so they don't and that character does not enter they say no no too dangerous and they meet a paladin who helps guide them through sure and now you have an npc with the group or that npc gets killed uh maybe they're just a first level paladin and um or maybe they took a ton of injuries they took the brunt of the damage if it's a paladin they would make sense they'd be tanking and you just set them at low hit points that way when they get into the fray that character gets killed off uh, or maybe they meet a wizard and say, I've lost my group and I don't know where they are. Well, I can teleport you to your group for a price. I don't have that kind of money. You'll owe me a favor. Use it as a plot device. There's so many ways to do that. Um, and yeah, I feel like that could be a whole episode. It could. And it could we be. We could do a whole thing about like, you know, because <clears throat> you even mentioned it earlier, like splitting characters up. and They want to go separate ways. Like that sucks, but it's the thing that happens. You know, like what? That should be something we should talk about, like just the separation of characters and how it affects the story and the plot. Uh, I'm having my assistant write that down right now. That's you, right? Uh, Are you your assistant? I am, yeah. yeah, Yeah, That's good. That's good. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's, um, I mean, it kind of sucks because it's like, uh, well, because you want it to make sense because, again, like you were saying, we've already distilled disbelief how many levels of reality. (laughs) Right. For whatever reason, it's like, well, I want it to kind of make sense, yeah. but and here's the yeah, thing: if you do it right, it becomes like we talked about. It could be a whole thing. Like, it can be. It yeah, can it could add. be a huge pivot point that the players talk about later. Yeah. Oh, that was really yeah. cool when you were captured, or that was really yeah. cool when that paladin came in, or and you can use it as part of the plot device. 
something the characters didn't know that you needed them to know. Maybe that character can have that information. Something that character has on them if the paladin does help them in or the wizard does help them out. Um, there can be little things attached to that. Little messages, little items, little whatever. Um, it's, you know, try to kill two birds with one stone if you can, but if not, just yeah. just figure it's out a It's a tough thing. Yeah, and then next time, don't let them split up. Like, oh, you're not yeah. here? Well, that character's tagging along. They're, sure. They're in the background. Yeah. They're a room behind. It, oh, they come in and they fight and get knocked out. There's a ton of ways to do that. Just get yeah, creative. It's a, it's a real easy thing. Yeah. It's easier yeah. if the character is with and nearby than if they are not. Yeah. But if it ends up being that way, <laughs> then it's, you know, like you were saying, use it as a plot device. Um, you know, just make it happen. However, however you need to do it, just make it happen. So... Uh, all right. This next one I'm going to read, but we're not actually going to answer the question because I think it's just I don't I I'll I I'll explain why after I read it. Okay. Well, yeah. Maybe the que- maybe the question I'm using air quotes question. Sure. Right. Do they answer themselves? Sometimes they do. Uh no. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I, gotta I just hear this thought one. we this could spur spur a discussion among us. So I need I need curse ideas for my characters, but curses that can be used in something else other than D and D. I plan on making a story based on that, and I'm working with curses to use in the game, but also in that story that's not really that D and D focused. Okay. Uh, this comes from simple pragmatic two eight six. Okay. Pomegranate. Pomegranates. So this is just somebody they're asking for things that they could easily do themselves. What I want to talk about is using spells or items in interesting ways to get yourself out of a jam. What are like? What were some of your favorite? Like, oh, he's got fireball, but he's not going to use it to hit somebody. He's going to use it to do something else that isn't really intended, but it works. You got any favorites of those? I think that that's a, a trick question because, and here's why, I think that there are a ton of items that don't have obvious uses. Uh, sure. Like the immovable rod. That's one of my favorites. I think that, and here, and I've created one, there's another one called the, the Rod of Inertia. Well, not that I created, a friend of mine uh, back in high school, um, a million years ago, created a Rod of Inertia for advanced dungeons and dragons and it's kind of the opposite that of the was end. a while ago yeah it was it was more than it was more than a few years ago <laughs> <clears throat> we're getting old jim so we're getting old and those items are meant to be used in interesting and unique ways like um i mean the immovable rod if you have two of them you can climb straight up into the air that's so cool i mean you just climb straight up into the air yeah you know click the button pull yourself up click another button you're climbing the air um so what are some of my favorites i really liked when we were playing this gladiator game oh yeah you tell me about this game yeah we played in a gladiator game and these guys met up with a cleric and they ended up out to sea when they were when their ludus got attacked and everything was being destroyed back home and they became freed freed uh, slaves and now they met up with this cleric the cleric and then they met up with cleric not cleric as well who was really just a rogue acting like a cleric but um one of the characters the cleric 
had, um, I think, a control water. So they got into it. Yeah. That's a weird spell. I think it was called control water. I can't remember. But um, it could affect. Airbender shit there is what it is. Yeah. And they could control a large quantity of water. So they got into some imps were flying around this castle nearby because there's a dragon that lives in the area that they were in and the dragon lives in this large castle and there are all these imps that fly around above the castle that kind of look up to this dragon and as at the ease i think that was the dragon's name or that might have been the daughter anyway so the imps were screwing with the pcs the imps flew down and they're like we're gonna you know we're gonna keep fucking with you there are hundreds of them and they're like, well, what can we do? What can we do to like gain passage? We don't want to fight a hundred imps. Yeah. You know, that's just a pain in the ass flying kobolds. It might as well be right. Yeah. So the, the kobold says, well, go, well, there's this, uh, there's this cave nearby where these, these people have this, uh, the firestone. And if you retrieve the firestone for me, you know, I'll, I'll not only can you pass, but we're going to give you, uh, we're going to allow you to meet the, uh, the queen herself. You know, we're in, we're in good with her. And so you bring back that firestone, you give that to us and we're going to take care of you. And the character's like, great, that sounds easy enough. Where is it? And they're like, it's just over there. Like, okay. So we go over and we go in and the characters go in and, and they fight these uh, cultists that worship this snake god. And sure enough, they have this firestone there. So they take the firestone after killing a bunch of cultists and come back and they give the firestone to the imp. And the imp flies up into the air out of range and laughs maniacally as doing so and then burns the sails off the ship. Just fire after fire after fire raise a fire again and again burning the, sh- the all the sails off they control the flames yeah. just enough to uh to like just sort of be okay now you say well ships typically carry extra sails they have a not all of the riggings they have enough sails to replace this or that usually and this sure. and this was not a uh, premium ship that they were on anyway so they're screwed they're they're stuck in dead water with and they're among mountains in the water and they can't get their ship to move and they've recently like that they need to get out of here right so to make a long story short (laughs) uh, shorter because i've already made it long the character uses control water to lift the water below the back end of the ship Nice. To end up pushing it forward. Yeah. And so they were stuck there for a while, long enough for him to have that spell readied and use it again and again to gain a little bit of oh, momentum. Wow, yeah. So he used it again and again, and he got that boat moving at least far enough to where they could get into a main causeway where other boats would be. And then they pick up somebody in another boat and then they make passage to go replay to go to a sale shop. Well, you know, it's hilarious. It's not a sale shop, but it's really know, good. It was great. You know, lifting the water yeah. below the back end and lowering it in the front end. So they moved a bunch from the front toward the back. So the ship lurches forward just to get around that 
the, the mountains that were obscuring them from the main causeway. They didn't have to go too far, but it was such a good idea, and they used all of their spell slots for that level. And, uh, you know, I, I let it happen because it was it was very creative. I really liked that. Very creative. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's good. Um, I just remember... Uh, trying to convince you to let me uh, dimensional door onto an enemy. I don't remember that. And I don't even remember what game it was. Uh, that sounds like a third edition game. <laughs> yeah, it had to have been. Um, but <laughs> you were like, you were. It was one of those things where it's like, I'm pretty sure you could do that. But I don't know what the repercussions were. But it was something like the repercussion was the person who walks to the door gets thrown like 300 feet. Or something crazy like that and you were like you would totally die if you did that <laughs> like all right that's fine well my mom won't do it then but it sounded cool at the time all right jim man i'm sorry this is the last one oh we're already at that it. Was it we're already at the we're already at trash can goddesses question Are you oh ready? man this is a you good know what one. that is that's a fucking that's a punk band if i ever heard one that's awesome yeah that's a good that's a fucking punk band i gotta i'm I'm gonna start a punk band just so I can use that. Yeah, these names are better than Fa La 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 we had last week. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's like two people named Fa La 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 La. There's, there's, I mean, not everybody is as creative as these people. Okay. So after stumbling back into D and D YouTube and reminiscing on two failed campaigns I was in, the first one stopped because of DM personal issues, and the second one because the DM was overwhelmed. God, man, you have bad DMs. And I've realized something that, that I've happens. always wanted to ask the sub about. I know. Uh, but never really gotten around to it until now. Is there any good way to get into D&D if you have no pre-existing D&D friends, especially with online campaigns since it's the 2020s and I don't have any campaign holding game stores near me? Yes, you could go on to Roll20 and get into a session with randos, but if uh, if you want, but I'm hesitant because one, I don't feel comfortable throwing myself into a bunch of strangers, random strangers, uh, but strangers all the same. Number two, most of that reply... Rep uh, rep relies man I'm fucking losing my mind today relies on voice chat which I hate using unless I know or trust the people I'm voice chatting with I just don't think my voice sounds good and I always cringe when it's played back to me boy howdy do I know that feeling <clears throat> besides my mic doesn't even work half uh, half of the time I know that text-based adventures are slower both on the four aforementioned campaigns of mine were text-based uh, but I don't care. I just want to know if it's possible to get into D&D with any favorable opportunities like this. Okay. Now, we've gotten this question a couple of times. Uh -huh. And, you know, we always fall back on the old faithfuls of, you know, Roll20, Discord, yeah, uh, Zoom, if you want to do it. But I like this question because of the caveats of he's not a big fan with voice chat. Or she. Uh, Goddess. Um, sorry. Oh, yeah, good point. God, I'm going to have to write down that name. It's great. Um, they, um, they're okay with text-based campaigns. Okay. Um, even though they're slow. But, I don't know, like, I feel like this question is well more... There's, there's a lot going on in this question. Yeah, so, so, what do you, so what do you think? Okay, so I'm going to try to remember the whole thing here and try to address it from the top down. Um, they've had... DM personal two, issues and overwhelmed. Yeah, so, so two failed sessions. So it's interesting that you don't have any DM 
pre-existing D&D friends because there were a lot of players between those two groups, I'm sure, at least sure. three or four other people minimum. Um, but, okay, so that's not an option, contacting them for some reason. Um, and and then, then it goes on to say what's good ways, and then they shoot down the best ways. Um, and don't worry about your voice. Everyone feels that way. Literally everyone feels that way and you're the only one who feels that way about your voice because everyone else thinks your voice sounds normal trust me eric and i are both singers we both have been in bands forever and trust me when i say that for you it is nothing until you hear your voice recorded back on something that's meant to be sold to the public for ten dollars <laughs> because yeah right. you hate it you hate it and you're paying thousands of dollars to put it on digital audio and you hate it when you hear it so for you that you get over it because um everyone literally everyone feels that way about their own voice yeah. when they hear it so you, that's not an excuse that's that's all that it is is an excuse um but if you're if you're okay with um doing text space saying that they're slower isn't isn't proper <laughs> it's a different animal sure it's a different yeah. thing all together um not only is it painfully slow um it's also very difficult to get people in a rhythm together like so like there's a lot of things going on in a text-based game and i will say that if you do a text-based game the fewer people probably the better and Hopefully they're all as like equally invested into it. Those are my only kind of two points there is yeah. that hopefully they're all equally invested to it. Otherwise you have somebody who checks their text-based game once a week and somebody who checks it every hour. So that's, you know, and then maybe um, text-based also requires like I mean, I don't know that that's a great option either. What I would recommend is hopefully, goddess, you do have some friends, whether they're D&D or friends or not, is irrelevant because I remember a time when I first found D&D and I didn't have any D&D friends. Now, every single person I know plays D&D. How did that happen? I taught them to play. Um, right. Yeah, so that's that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, this is a perfect opportunity <laughs> For you to pick up the, the pick up the dice and teach people the game and, sh and run a campaign and exactly you know, maybe buy all uh, sessions. I mean that's not the starter set, but the um, the essentials kit. That might be a great thing to get people involved. Or if you want to do a starter set, there are some cool ones out there that are very um, I don't know catchy or like niche or niche if you're cool. Yeah, just get them playing DD. Just that's get just it. get your your current friends playing D D. one of us one of <laughs> us yeah even even people you never thought of will enjoy it if they give it a chance thanks for listening to this episode of the D D 420 podcast for everything D D 420 related check out dnd420.com if you'd like to reach out to us you can find us there on the website and on youtube at D 420 lastly as always if you'd like to support the show you can do that by telling another DM about the show and by visiting us on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and review. 
Thanks for subscribing and being a part of our work here at D&D 420. We will see you next week.